If you're involved in equine veterinary medicine, whether as a practice owner, manager, vet, tech, or staff, the Business of Practice podcast can help you understand the skills needed to better run your business and live your life. I'm Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement and host of the Business of Practice podcast. We interview experts who understand equine veterinary practice on the topics you need to sustain your business and your sanity. Join us for the Business of Practice and learn how to improve your financial and personal wellness. This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 446 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. For the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford, visit equestriancollections.com. Well, howdy, everybody, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. I'm Glenn the Geek from Lexington, Kentucky. And today we finish up our health week with another tip taken from thehorse.com. And this is a rather timely one after the running of the Kentucky Derby because there were a couple of injuries with the horses at the Kentucky Derby, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, what we're going to talk about today is condylar fractures, and those were the injuries that the horses had that ran in the Derby, and, and we wanted to find out what are condylar factors, and what can you do about them, and, and can you see them in your sport horses as well? So we're going to do that with thehorse.com. This is taken off of episode number 138 of Horses in the Morning. Every Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock, we have thehorse.com to do the weekly horse health report. And we're going to be getting to that right after I tell you, you know, about Equestrian Collections. They have over 300 brands of products to choose from, and right now it's fly season. You can go in there and find their fly sheets and sprays and whatever you're going to need for fly season you can find in there and they're offering a ten dollar coupon for the next time you order something that's ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more just by using the coupon code horse radio all one word i'm sorry radio show all one word and check out and you'll get your ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more radio show is the coupon code. And you know, it is that time of year when we're when we're thinking about summer and all of the products that we're going to need for summertime. I know we just got a new halter for uh, for our horse and, you know, Equestrian Collections, it was the place to go. So take a look at them for all of your horse needs at equestriancollections.com. And now uh, the section on condylar fractures from thehorse.com uh, off of the Horses in the Morning show. At horsesinthemorning.com. Jones to the show, Doctor Jones. You got me. No Jamie this week. You have to put up with me. Oh my goodness! I almost hung up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a saving grace. Put a cat here. under his feet. He'll go on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would probably be worse. I don't know. You know. <laughs> there's a saving grace here, and that's that Jackie's here too. So. Uh, we're okay. You'll be safe. You'll be safe. <laughs> hey, you guys are talking about something that's kind of important because it was brought up, and it even came up on our Facebook page uh, when we were talking about the Kentucky Derby over the weekend. Of course, there were some horses injured, and of course, you know that brings up the people who really don't like racing and who are saying it's too dangerous and and things like that. You know, I've personally seen more horses injured in our backfield uh, just being horses than than when we were actually doing something with them. So. 
But I want you, I want you to talk about this because I think it, it is very important to understand what happened and, and what it is. Absolutely, and we wanted to talk, and that's exactly why we wanted to talk about fractures and sport horses. It's obviously a very timely topic, and you know, happily, those two horses that were injured during the during the Churchill Downs meet, uh, both you know, both are doing fine. They both had surgery. They both come through the surgery pretty well, according to all the early reports. But I thought it was a good opportunity to talk a little bit about what kind of fractures do occur in sport horses, and you know what can be. And we'll talk a little bit about what can be done with them, and also some emergency treatment. Should you, you know, how how might you recognize a fracture in your horse? Um, other than you know, the really the really bad ones are a little more obvious, of course. But um, first of all, both of those horses suffered condylar fractures. And uh, Glenn, I'll put you on the spot. Do you have any clue what a condylar fracture is? Uh, it's a broken bit. <laughs> Am I close? Okay. <laughs> a broken bit? <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of broken part. A broken bit. Of, it's a broken bit of bone. Let me. Uh, not not uh, the bit you put in the horse's mouth. Okay. No, no, out. that's not what I meant. I meant actually a broken bit of the horse. It's a it's a part that's broken. Uh, okay, fair enough. Aaron, would you like to explain? <laughs> I got close, didn't I, Aaron? Oh, really close, like uh, the opposite side of the horse. But anyway, <laughs> the condylar area is, you know, at the bottom of what people call the, the uh, cannon bone, so down in the ankle area. And uh, the condylar fractures are very common in the thoroughbred racehorses, uh, only because of the, the the way that the bone is made, uh, the geometry of the bone so rather than get into a big mathematical and physical um, physics type discussion here is that one condyle is a little bit different than the other one and it has more of a tendency to be uh, to fracture um, I'm sure you know those kids that were more active when you grew up than others so you know you kind of put it that way as some of those kids just are a little bit more accident prone um, because of look, the way they're built Right, right. And, you know, and there are horses, obviously, whether they're racehorses or not, that are more accident-prone. We've owned some of those. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, now, it, Go ahead. it's actually, it's not, so it's a fracture, which means it's a complete break? It can be a complete break, or it can just be a partial break, and they just screw back on, so basically attach back on uh, a little um, deviation away from the main bone. So it would be like a, a flap of your soffit hanging down after a bad windstorm. You want to tack it back up kind of idea. Um, I'm just trying to think of other analogies for people that uh, have probably barns that had roofs, you know, the tin peeled back a little bit. You want to put that tin back on. Same idea as it could completely fracture all the way through or it can stress fracture and only part of it, is facing out. The worst part about it is it does go down into the joint. So the condyle does communicate with the fetlock joint, and that is where you'll see, you know, where they have to pay attention to arthritis and the cartilage damage that's done and things like that. So those horses are going to be on a very high maintenance to keep their cartilage intact so that they can have a sport life after surgery of some sort, whether it's go back to racing or go back to being some, some other sport horse, they want to make sure that they're sound to get around. And Are there any um, types of specific confirmation issues that make a horse prone to that type of fracture? They have not found that. Uh, they've just found, you know, there's a couple papers that have been presented at our AAP meeting that we have annually. Um, last one I remember was back in 2009, 
and it was um, just talking about the the dynamics of the way the bone is shaped and how one condyle is more prone to being fractured than another. Oh, gotcha. And that's just the way it's shaped. Sure. And these these fractures, just because it has a condylar fracture, doesn't mean that all the condylar fractures are the same either. Um, just for example, exactly. these two horses, they each have had condylar fractures. They were in different legs. And one of these horses, is, they've already announced that he's going to be retired from racing. He'll probably have some sort of career afterwards, but his... You know, involved the joint a little bit more than the other, I believe. And so one of one of them got two screws to reattach that piece of bone. The other one actually needed a plate and screws. So you know, they're, they're they can be very different. Um, they're there's a problem in the same area, but they can be very different as well in their implications for the horse's future career. The other thing you have to keep in mind is which leg is it occurring in? Is it a fore limb or a back limb? You know, the hind limbs carry a lot less weight, so they have. Uh, more tendency to be a bit for forgiving, if you want to call it that, for recovery than the forelimbs. The forelimbs carry two-thirds of the horse's weight. So that, you know, that kind of a fracture up there will have a different outcome than a hind limb one will. Of course. And there are a number of other kinds of uh, fractures and, you know, and other bone problems that are sort of common in sport horses. Um, you know, one of the first ones that you hear, again, again, often in race horses, but not always, is buck shins. Erin, uh, can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, those aren't really true fractures. They don't have to go in and surgically put something back together. But it's more they feel the pe- peeling away the periosteum from, you know, the front of the bone from heavy stress uh, work. And uh, a lot of times there's rest. There's the old-fashioned pin fire them to start up some sort of irritation. Um, so it just depends on which veterinarian you talk to and what they recommend doing to those buck shins. Um, I believe you have a article Regarding that on thehorse.com, that would probably clarify it a little bit better for everybody. Is that correct? We, do. we have a yeah, we do. We have um, actually a couple of articles on that, and uh, some of these came from the uh, the American Association of Equine Practitioners Convention a few years ago. Uh, Dr. Nunemaker presented at the what at the time was called the State of the Art Lecture, and it's a very good discussion of buck shins and why they occur, the response to initial training, as the bone, the horses, as the horses' cannon bones literally change shape as a result yes. of the training. You know, your bone, the horses' bones adapt to, to the stress of training and different kinds of training, just exactly the same way as your muscles respond to weight training. Okay, not exactly the same, but your bone will, your bone will, will adapt to, you know, it'll thicken it on that dorsal front, front surface to handle the stress that's being put on it with training. This is why they train, not just to teach them how to run around the track close to the rail, but to actually adapt their body, their bones, as well as their muscles and their cardiovascular system. And buck shins is just something that comes along with that with that training, with certain training regimens, certain types of stresses. Um, but that article number, and I will put this up on the Facebook page as well, if you just go to thehorse.com and search article 4066 or just type in thehorse.com slash 4066, you'll get to that article. And the, uh, the the comment you made there, uh, Christy, is very important that people understand that these horses that are being trained have to stay in training in order to compete well. It's just like a human athlete has to stay in training. They're, they have measured the cannon bones, easiest one for them to measure. They have measured the width of what they call the cortex, which is the outside uh, of the pillar, if you want to call it, not the inside where the uh, medullary cavity is, where our bone marrow is. It's the outside that holds up the leg and holds up the body. And they've measured that and seen that there has been an increase in the cortex with an increase in work. And the whole idea is for them to have that increase to withstand heavy work and a bigger body. So that's a good thing. That's what they're trying to do. And, yes, there are changes done on the cortex that 
bring buck shins in, be like you and I getting a little sprain or you know an issue that lays us back for a little while, and then we start up again. We have to just take it easy. So it's very very similar in the way humans uh, athletes have to continually stay in uh, work to keep everything strong and healthy, just like the babies and the uh, thoroughbreds do. And they also did it, and I'm mentioning babies, because they also checked the cortices of these babies that were pastured more than stalled, and they increased their cortex, being out in the pasture just playing. So it's very, very recommended that they go out there and play and have a good time because they're strengthening up their bones. Now, Dr. Jones, um, the... How long, let's say Arch, 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 who just had, you know, the screws and pins and everything put in, how long will he be laid up before he's allowed to go out and play? I'd like to defer to a surgeon on that one, but a lot of the, because the, it depends on how much the um, felt like joint was um, interrupted, the cartilage interrupted on that, and then, of course, his response to post-op care. Does he come out of it very beautifully and walk on the leg immediately? Is he still having a little bit of an issue? Do we have to inject the joint with some hyaluronic acid? So it kind of depends on that. I always like to defer to the surgeon on that rather than me as a general practitioner. But uh, in general, a lot of those um, surgical care type um, lamenesses is they have somebody on their back roughly in about three months on average. Um, but whether they're just riding them at walk or doing a little trotting, they're not out there breezing them, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah, and, and looking at the, the long term, once it's actually healed, what is the, the prognosis for the likelihood of a, a re-injury? I know with a soft tissue, you know, tendons, ligaments, they're, they're relatively likely to reoccur. Is it the same thing for a, for a bone injury? It depends on the bone injury. Uh, some of them were traumatic in injury, like they caught their foot on the other leg, and that they, you know, unless they're clumsy enough to do it again, they're probably not going to have that problem again. If it's something dynamically wrong, like, again, go back to the physics and the mathematical ge- geometry of the way the bone is structured, yeah, maybe they're going to have a uh, propensity to do this again. So it, it's animal. each animal is different in the way that uh, they are made and uh, the way that I would want to answer that. So the so if a horse has a bone injury, let's use an example of gets a chip in his knee. Chip doesn't move, everything's happy happy. Mm-hmm. He gets all of the appropriate care and he goes back to work. Um if that bone chip was exacerbated by the fact that this particular horse was back at the knees. He's got a much higher risk of having a re-injury because he was confirmationally predisposed versus the random random that bone was overloaded because he took a step in just the right fashion right and had a traumatic injury. That injury is less likely to reoccur because it was the random injury versus a predisposition. Right. Now next question I have is you can do bone scans to test bone sickness and density, am I correct? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, the bone scans are more, they pick up more, not the, the thickness and density, but they pick up more a um, stress fracture that we can't okay. see on radiographs okay. due to the amount of bone turnover. So what okay. a nuclear scan does is it has a phosphate binder to the radioactive material that's injected in the horse that goes to an area of high turnover. For example, in a baby, it would be their physeal area where they're growing. For a fracture, it would be where the bone is trying to rebuild, but it's also being broken down at the same time because there's okay, a fracture present. You just present. gave me a headache in three sentences, Dr. Jones. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But the, the root of the question being, 
when you have a horse in work and you've got some symptoms that would go, hmm, there's not, there might be something going on in this area, we mm-hmm. can't nail it down to one particular thing. Is there a bone involved? Are there um, scanning techniques that can be used that can tell the trainer, the rider, the practitioner, ooh, we need to watch this. This is a, this is a fracture waiting to happen. There are two diagnostic techniques that people can use nowadays. Nuclear scintigraphy, the bone scan is one. An MRI all the way up to the ankle, you can even do it standing. There's a great article that came out in our um, journal that discussed doing standing MRIs on horses to watch for predisposing injuries in the ankle area of these young thoroughbreds. But and that's primarily be, what is based be off of young thoroughbreds. To, to apply to a sport horse as well. Yes, absolutely. And that would be you know something we can bring it to my practice. I'm primarily sport horse practice. I do have a little bit of racetrack, but not very much. My I had two fetlock injuries this past year, hind fetlocks. Really? One is back in work and is lamer than when it started. And unfortunately, it's a winter client, so they're up north, and I'm not in touch with the horse, but just got the message yesterday. The other one is back in work and sound. Hmm. So same injury on both, um, and uh, um, but different outcomes mm-hmm. on both. Both warm bloods, too. Interesting. Yes. So, again, you could try to say across the board, this is how it is in life, but it doesn't always go that way. Yeah. That would be way too Real quick easy. to just wrap us up, could you give us just some quick ideas of what to look for if a horse may have a fracture, you know, any indicators and symptoms and what you would need to do as an emergency treatment until the vet can get there? Yeah, you that's definitely what we wanted to legs, get to today. Maybe <laughs> walking on three legs, uh, would that yeah, be a good indicator? Be- yeah, they'll be walking yeah. on three legs. They will definitely be very painful <laughs> in that leg. They'll have heat and swelling if it's above the hoof. You can have a fracture of the coffin bone and not see the heat and swelling, and they'll be walking on three legs as well. Um, x-rays would be taken by the vet, but before the vet gets there, I just say don't move them, or if you have to move them, get them into a trailer to move them if you have to go a long distance, or splint it up, meaning do your regular standing wrap, very, very supportive standing wrap, and you can do it on all four limbs or do it on just the two opposite, the two limbs that are affected, the one one limb affected and the opposite limb that's not affected. Um, there are splints that are um, can be made out of PVC. I love PVC is my favorite for splints, uh, but you can use two-by-fours if you're out in the you know, uh, trail riding incident, um, and that might be the only thing you have in your trailer. Uh, that kind of thing, to get them to a hospital. But, uh, you know, very little movement is always best. And then support of that limb, they always say the joint below and above the fracture has got to be uh, immobilized. So hind limb fractures are toughest because it's hard to immobilize a hawk, but yeah. you've you got to do the best thing you can for them. Well, thank you to J- uh, Christy West of thehorse.com, to Dr. Jones, and to Jackie Baker, who filled in for Jamie on that particular episode. And, of course, you can find all the episodes of Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com. And thehorse.com is where you can find all the health information that you'll ever want over there for your horse. And that's it. We'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone, and have a great day. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 